Hello and welcome to the Flyers Nation show. I am your host, Alexa Ross. Joining me now, Larry Flowers and Eric Reese. Guys, welcome back. We are fresh off of a Flyers win. They just beat the Devils 2-1. to one. Let's talk about it. I'm excited they ended the uh, road trip with a win. I definitely, um, I think when we went off the air uh, last week, I mentioned to you guys that I thought, you know, two out of three seemed attainable for the Flyers. Um, and darn near. I mean, I think every single game the Flyers play tough on the road, and it's just nice to see them finally get the result they deserve. Um, I, I Ironically, why I say that the result they deserve I think tonight might have been the worst game in performance-wise on the road trip, but it's almost identical to the way that they beat the Devils before. So what does that mean? Like, maybe just don't bring your A game against the Devils. I don't know. It's odd. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's big team win. Um, exciting game. I really enjoy this game. I mean, my old man called me during the game just to, to ask me if I was watching and how excited he was. He thought, you know, this was his – as much fun as he's had watching a Flyers game uh, in a while. Um, it, you know, it, it's a little bittersweet. I, I would have liked to see the Flyers get a couple of those wins. They, they certainly could have. And it would have been nice to at least win two or three games during this, uh, during this road trip. Um, but it's good for them to get a good win over a big rival. You knew they were going to bring their A game tonight. Um, you know, again, they were outshot, you know, almost two to one. Um, a lot of bad turnovers. Um, Carter Hart's stood on his head unbelievable game by him uh he's phenomenal I mean, he's really starting to prove who he is and and the, and the city of philadelphia should be really really excited about this guy um but yeah good team win it was one of those performances tonight where he's on our he's undisputed the face of the franchise which totally. is so nice to see after you know we talked about this in our group chat just how coming in people were like i don't know if he can be the guy i don't know if he can kind of break that curse and he's far and away doing everything he needs to do. And it's been uh, really, really fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I mentioned last time, Eric, I asked you, I, you know, if you get one guy, you get a fantasy, you know, if you get a, to draft one guy off this team, who is it? You said Carter Hart. The truth of the matter is, is we have an elite goalie. Um, and once we really start to continue to build off this young roster, um, that's, that's, a, that's the key position um, when you're building an, an NHL team. And, and we've got that. And I will say, additionally, away from goaltending, uh, Konechny, he had a tough start in the first period, kind of a victim of that goal by Hughes, kind of just, you know, splitting and walking right in on Hart. But, geez, if he didn't come back, and that first period was pretty bad for Philadelphia, but he came back and had a breakaway on Vanasek. It was originally stopped on the backhand, got his goal back in the game. That's resilience. So I, I was blown away by Konechny tonight as well. Imagine if imagine if he played with an elite elite type of hockey player. If he got to play with a guy like that on on a daily basis, if they could build some kind of really solid uh, first line around him, um, put him again. You know, we've got some good young players coming up, but if you could put him with some a future elite elite type of player, I mean, imagine the points this kid's going to get. I couldn't agree more, guys. We will talk about the rest of the road trip, but. I do think we need to circle back to last week because we had a very hot topic and I did give you guys both homework and I don't think either of you did it, but that's why we're going off the fly and doing it now. We talked about how if you could have your own goal song, not the Flyers goal song, just like if you were to score a goal in the NHL, what would your goal song be? I'm going to send it over to you guys. Tell me, what would it be? Larry, you're shaking your head. I feel like you uh, you have your answer right on the tip of your tongue. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I've always thought about this. I, I love fight for your right beastie boys i mean 
really loud. It's a fight song. It's a fun song. Um, it kind of suits the Flyers. It suits the city of Philadelphia. It could be a really fun song. The crowd would sing with it. Um, it could be something cool and fun. I had a, so I had a few that came to mind. Obviously, um, I, I off the air again last week. Uh, Pennywise stuck out, and the bro him uh, was a, and that's one that's been used time after time. So if I'm going to go actually original, I don't know that it would get the Wells Fargo Center off their feet, but I just think that it would be such a scene to score a goal and nonchalantly just kind of go back to the bench as Jane by Jefferson Starship played over the speakers. So, you know, it's, it's one of those, like that's a groove. It's not a banger, but I mean, Hey, let's take it. It does. It is a banger though. I mean, like that gets people, I mean, I, I would get hype personally. I would personally get hype. I mean, you two, we we would be the two hypest people in the whole arena. I would, I would, I would be feeling it and then doing like the most that I can to not be like over the top about it because I don't know when you score and then you have Jane come on, you got to play it off cool. It's kind of one of those scenarios. It's almost like you're in character. Yeah. I mean, just imagine the Flyers score. You're at home. You got to fight for your right. The whole crowd knows the words. And then the, and then, you know, to part and then the whole crowd. I think it could be, I don't know. Absolute scenes in Philadelphia. I'm also a diehard BC Boys fan, so I'm a little, you know. It's oh, not. I, I, I mean, I can I don't imagine know. like a crowd surfing. Fun. Yeah, man. I so mine would probably be "Let Me Clear My Throat," and that's a little yes. bit of that comes from Not my bad. That's kind of my Sabers Day coverage bias coming out, but I really enjoyed that, and I saw a lot of people getting really hyped to that before they switched over to having people pick all their own goal songs. But that song, like every time I hear it, I just. And I always hear it at like high school hockey games. Like it's always played in a rink and it always makes people excited. And if you've never listened to the middle school, high school hockey game, or middle school slash high school hockey game playlist on Spotify, you must, because it is just like all of that, like wacky assortment of music that people like come together with and uh, they play in stoppage time and all that fun stuff. <laughs> This is the Flyers Nation show now available in podcast form on all streaming platforms. In addition to our videos on our YouTube channel, as we continue this episode, please take a second to rate, subscribe and follow along so we can keep bringing you some more. I think we should transition now back to the rest of the road trip, Arizona, Colorado. Colorado is obviously not the Colorado game that we saw in the past. You know, that was not, but that's also not super surprising in that, you know, in any stretch of the imagination. Um, and the Coyotes game going into overtime, 5-4 finish. So let's start with the Avalanche game. Let's start there. What stuck out to the, you guys about this one, especially after having beaten them earlier in the season? Towards the end of the game, the six-on-five rushes and seeing um, whether it's a six-on-five or whether it's been a power play recently, we're kind of getting back on that groove of scoring with the extra man on the ice and especially in a six on five, it's like, yeah, you do have the extra man. You also have no goaltender. Uh, so to kind of cut that uh, lead down to one and give yourself a fighting chance to the end there. Um, yeah. Like I know that Colorado is injured. Uh, Philadelphia is injured. It's the same. It's like, it's the same thing on paper. Uh, just seeing the tenacity that the, the, there's no quitting on the team. It's been prevalent since day one. I think Deloria has said it you know, often enough after games, Um uh, that, that honestly, that's kind of been the theme of the of the road trip itself. But uh, Sandstrom, in, in my opinion, he put together a pretty uh, decent performance in Colorado. 
Yeah, he stopped 22 of 25 in his eighth start of the season. So, I mean, it's not what we just saw tonight, but, you know, right. it's definitely a good look to have. You know, you don't want to have a backup that's significantly weaker than your your best guy <laughs> and your top guy. Yeah, I, I I get very, very frustrated when a team like the Flyers give up a shorthanded goal. You just can't do that. You can't win games when you give up shorthanded goals. It just absolutely kills momentum. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get off track, but like going back to the Vegas game, um, very, very frustrating. They, I thought they played really, really hard first game of the road trip. Um, they, they could have won that game. And I think another thing, um, you know, I, and, and granted that, that short, that shorthanded goal given up was, uh, came off an awkward bounce that no one could really predict. I mean, I, Tortorella after the game. Uh, mentioned that uh, Lankinen really wasn't skating towards the puck until he kind of saw the balance, and then you know everybody started on the hustle at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, shorthanded goal is a shorthanded goal, though. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's but lucky yeah, bounce yeah. or not. Awareness is everything. It, I, absolutely, and somebody's awareness that I've been blown away by for the most part this road trip was Cam York uh, on yeah. his recall to the Flyers. Um, I thought he upped his uh, his physicality. I'm really glad you said that. Actually, uh, Nate Thompson came by to see me today in the office. Um, and we were talking Flyers hockey for a little bit. Uh, he said the exact same thing because he's playing down in the jungle with the AHL right now. Um, and he said, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge is you're playing with guys where they don't, you don't really know where they're going to be. It's all about, you know, positioning. Um, that, that's the difference between the NHL and the AHL is guys are always in the NHL. They're where they're supposed to be. Um, and he said that's, the, that's been the biggest challenge for him. Uh, we talked a little bit about Cam York. And, um, you know, he, he's got he, – he's saying some pretty high praises for him. Um, and I think he's been playing pretty good hockey. Uh, he's been playing definitely more physical. Um, clearly, whatever Tortorella has been trying to do as far as getting in his head and trying to get him his, to play his style of hockey is working. Clearly, this is a kid that doesn't want to play in the jungle. He wants to play in the show. Um, and, and, and so far, so good. I, I say keep him up. Um, keep rotating him in. Um, I, I like what I see out of this kid. The more minutes he plays, the better he looks. I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, and that's obviously like, that's an obvious thing that goes without saying, but to kind of see him plug and play in this lineup and in lineup that like, doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not the best lineup in hockey. It's not consistent. He's just kind of getting minutes and getting in and skating in and skating out, but he looks really, really good. And I don't think it's going to be just a road trip call up. I think this is something that or at least they should consider keeping him up for sure. Mission now to the Arizona game. 0-6 in overtime games this season. But we had a Morgan Frost breakout game, which I I personally was not expecting to see that in Arizona. And in that college barn, I mean, 5,000 people. Let's talk about it. I know we talked a little bit about the barn earlier, but, you know, 5-4, the Clayton Keller hat trick was the thing that really sealed it so. Yeah, it was uh, one of those games I anticipated because of that college barn and everybody, you know, who was there, who had videos or whatnot. Uh, it, very, it looked like a very, I guess, intimate uh, crowd as far as hockey is concerned. Also loud in the arena. Everybody uh, said that for 5,000 people versus, you know, walking into the Wells Fargo Center and there's between like sixteen to 15 to 16,000 people there. 5,000 people making that kind of sounds in a uh, yet smaller arena. It's 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 uh, pretty incredible, especially for the Coyotes. Now you did bring up uh, Clayton Keller and his hat trick. My my immediate, uh, I guess my immediate reaction to Clayton Keller scoring that hat trick is how many opposing players are going to score three points or more a night? 
for against the Philadelphia Flyers this season because I think we've now reached double digits in terms of that uh, opposition wow. stat. That's interesting. That's an interesting stat. Um, you know, again, I've watched Morgan Frost since he was in juniors. Um, I've been a huge fan of his. Very excited watching him come up. Um, I'm still looking for a little bit more out of him. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, with his physicality. I know he's not a physical player, but you know, just getting to the net a little bit more. Um, you know, his face-off percentage. Correct me if I'm wrong, but his face-off, his face-off percentage is not great. Um, Flyers are hurting the face-off department. They really are, and, and that's something I told Nate Thompson when I saw him today. Man, they're, they're missing your face, your face-off percentages. Um, that, that's really puck possession is very, very important in this game, and uh, that's something the Flyers really, really need to work on. And and kind of seeing um, again Frost pop off for that four-point game, it does kind of seem that he's finding his confidence. I've and I think that's been a you know a, a, the biggest. Uh, storyline about Frost. Is he going to be confident? When is he going to find that confidence, you know? And I do see it a little bit with Tortorella, but again, when you talk about the uh, players that are going to kind of be a part of the solution and represent that foundation for this build that Tortorella is proposing, Frost is on a contract year. How much do we believe that Frost is going to be a part of this build long-term? Yeah, I mean, there's there was a lot of high hopes for him. I mean, he was coming out of juniors. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of teams that were interested in him. Um, I mean, I've been behind closed doors. I've been pretty critical of him. You know, I I think maybe he starts to find the game. Um, he, he played all right tonight. Um, obviously, the four point night is huge for him. Uh, confidence builder. But again, look, a, a kid like that is also. You know, I'd like to see what he could do with some different players that are a little bit more dynamic than what the Flyers can provide as far as line mates and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's he's got a track record in his career, in his young career, you know, going down to juniors. And I know it's not the NHL, but he knows how to put the puck in the net. That, that's what he was That's what he was drafted for. Um, he has some very special abilities. And, again, I think if he's put in, in the right circumstances with the right line mates, I think he can really produce. Um, but, again, I, I've got my eye on him. And a lot of people say that he thrives at uh, at the center if there's two power, tall power forwards on the wing. Uh, I at that point, you have to figure to yourself on this roster. You know, Tippett's going to be on the right side of Frost. That, that they just have that kind of uh, chemistry. But do you believe that Hayes and James James Van Riemsdyk could end up being a little interchangeable on the left wing, or do you think that Hayes is? a Tortorella project with Noah Cates almost particularly just like how Frost would be a tippet. Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, not entirely sure how to answer that. Um, I, 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 I feel like Frost would, would be a little bit more better complemented with guys that could really move. Um, you know, but, you know, JVR and, and Hayes aren't the fastest players in the league. Um, I think Frost is the type of guy that can really, you know, would probably, um, you know, get better opportunities with guys that can move the puck and move their feet, and um, you know, get 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 pucks deep and, and get behind the blue, um, get behind the D men. Um, so I, again, he's got Frost. I think has ten points now, uh, four goals, six assists. You know, I'm, I, I was expecting a little bit more out of him this year so far by this point of the year. Um, but maybe he, you know, look, hockey is anyone knows hockey is a game where you can heat up very very quickly. You start all of a sudden get a hot stick and puck starts finding its way in. It just starts finding eyes. The puck starts finding eyes on guys, and maybe maybe, maybe he's starting to find it. 
It takes time. For some guys, it takes time to adjust to the NHL. Roy does. Yeah, I mean, him being up and down, you know, like a toilet seat, according to Tortorella. Um, I, I will say this. If you look at the numbers uh, from Frost this year, he's pacing to have his best season. But, again, his, his other seasons before, he was plagued by injury. He was, you know, very inconsistent. So, it's his, what, what is – the golden question in the contract year always is going to be, what is the best of Morgan Frost? And we're, we're, I mean, we're hoping to find that out, but time's definitely ticking. Let me ask you a question, Eric. Um, if you had to make the decision right now, let's say the season ends today, do you keep Morgan Frost? Um, see, maybe not. And here's the reason. I, I, how much is he a accurate representative of what the bottom six should be in the NHL versus just kind of playing in the bottom six um, with the Flyers? I mean, he he's – or at least the middle six. I mean, he's 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 went up to the, you know the top six as of late, but he's kind of middling around that bottom six, middle six. I think you would package him like so. Let's just say like last season, right? Um, you know, if the Giroux thing didn't necessarily go down the way that it did, where it was very cut and dry about where he wanted to go, what the deal was, I would have tried to package Frost and Giroux and to get to get to something a little more uh, back. Because I would have sold it that Frost played the best with Drew with with Drew throughout his throughout his entire Flyers career. That's his golden goose as far as his assists, goals, scoring plays, things like that. It was Drew. Um, right now, uh, if you aren't going to keep him around, you got to consider moving him for something because you can get something uh, clearly for Frost. But I mean. It is it is a little bit kind of hard to dictate if it ended today. Like I could see where he's a part of next year, and that maybe not the long term, but the immediate future to kind of stabilize, like how Fletcher mentioned in the offseason, regardless of what you agree with, you know, in stabilization. But uh yeah, I mean Frost I could see him also gone and you know, finding somebody in a draft, whether it's you know, you call up Cutter and he fills in and does a better job than Frost. It could be, you know, it's a, it's it's a, I don't want to say a high risk, but there's definitely risk and reward there. Uh, clearly, I think that the reward is a little bit, a um, little bit less, or yeah, a little bit less than a risk. I, you know, he can go elsewhere and turn it around, but you can also, I think, as easily find somebody who can produce the way that he has. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I think I think I keep him. Um, I see him, I see him, you can, to start a season next year. And again, there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then, but I could see him kind of getting slotted in third line center. Someone that I even give a three-year deal to two mil a year, maybe. Um, I'm not, he's not a guy that I'm scared to give a little bit of money to. I think he will continue to progress. I think he's got the skills to progress and I think he belongs in the NHL. Um, and again, I think if he's paired up with the right guys, I think he can continue to produce. And I think that he will continue to grow in this league and understand how to play in the NHL. Um, and I think he's going to be a pretty good player moving forward. I actually really do. I'm going to take us to something that we've kind of been talking a little bit about outside of the podcast, bringing it in. The Athletics preseason predictions had the Flyers trading a notable veteran that's currently on a long-term contract. And that is a direction that Charlie O'Connor believes that this team can go into John Tortorella has not shied away for, of his criticism of veterans on long-term contracts. So the guys who have kind of been in that realm of conversation, Kevin Hayes, Rasmus Verstelainen, and Travis Sanheim. 
reacting to that and what that looks like now two months in obviously a lot of time for that to happen but do you guys think that this is a real possibility for this team um I mean, maybe yeah, a couple ahead. of those players i would say that sanheim uh, right now at the current moment i think he's turning around um i think that he's getting in on offense where he needs to he had an assist tonight on the power play goal um, there's a lot of things that, and especially with this contract extension being this season and so soon, it would be very odd. Like something has to really happen to cut the cord that quickly after giving an extension like that. Now, on the flip side, you talk about an extension from last season in Ristolainen. Um, look, I put out an article the other day considering the idea of, oh, hey, if Ristolainen definitely has improved and I can give him his flowers there especially on the top line with uh, Provorov, where I thought he would be exposed because of the minutes that he has to, or he's being asked to play. But, I mean, to me, in a matter of personnel, and something's going to have to shake here on defense with the amount of money that's there, because the Philadelphia Flyers have the seventh highest payroll for defense, and they're 11th in uh, you know, goals allowed as far as, like, the most goals allowed in the league. So, obviously, you got to figure out a way to become more inexpensive and maybe shift around some personnel so you're more effective on the ice. Um, I thought about buying out as, as, as an option for Aristolainen. Um, it, you know, 25.5 versus, I think, it, and it would end up being $13 million on the buyout. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cheaper buyout um, than one that I saw around. Funny enough, it was Hayes. Uh, another writer for, I believe it was Hockey News. I don't have the uh, the article on hand right now, but I can definitely share it back, you know, on Twitter. But um, there was a, a, a mention there with Hayes being a potential buyout off, uh, option, and that's a guy where he, at his rate right now, and I know he was just benched tonight, and Tortorella just said that he wants to keep that discussion in house. So we'll, I guess, we won't know on the offhand, but. Um, I think that if you are going to do something with Hayes' contract, his production this season, there's value there. Trade him uh, to wherever he selects to on his modified no uh, no trade clause. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Um, very interested in seeing what happens with with Kevin Hayes. Um, listen, he fits. He does fit systems in the NHL. There's probably better systems in the league that suits his style. Um, not sure if Tortorella's system is the right system for him. Um, again, look, he's been putting up points. Um, you know, he, he. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm very, very interested in seeing what happens. But I do think something does happen. I think, if, I think a veteran does get traded um, to try to free up some cap space. I, I, I think that's going to happen. And I think that's that's what basically Tortorella really wants to do. Obviously, Chuck Fletcher is the boss, but um, I'm sure they're talking every day about the direction of the team, and I think that there's probably going to be some sort of shakeup going on here soon. Now, on the flip side of the risk alignment thing, and as far as you know, me considering that to be a buyout option, um, if the Flyers do fancy risk alignment and you know, they are impressed by him, another name I think uh, would be interesting to look out for come the deadline is Tony D'Angelo. And in that in that sense, Tony D'Angelo um, is another player. You know, he only has a couple seasons on the contract. Uh, I believe that he can also, uh, re- you know, retrieve some value back at the deadline. But it's both of those things. Like if you if if they were to even try to trade Ristolainen, which is why I say a buyout's a better option, you're not going to get anything close to that wild price that you know Chuck Fletcher paid paid uh, to bring him here. Yeah. So. 
it's 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 kind of like the, you cut your losses and you just move on. And I think with the buyout, that might be best for Rist, uh, for Ristolainen. Or, you know, is Ristolainen your guy and, you know, D'Angelo is on a move? I don't think Provorov would be on a move. I don't think Sanheim will be on a move. Braun probably on a move. And then you're, you're basically calling up your young guys and, you know, putting them on a path starting next season. Yeah, very uh, – I think you – I think you're right on. Um very very excited to see what what shakes out here. There's it's going to be a, it's going to be a very interesting trade deadline. Eric, you just brought up the Kevin Hayes benching. He also did not play in overtime at all in the Arizona game. Let's talk a little about his and John Tortorella's relationship and just the benching tendencies. And have you also just been disappointed by what Kevin Hayes has been putting out there so far this season? There have been a few times in critical situations, and it's crazy because sometimes it's in the same game where he's already notched a point. But um, there's been a few times in very key situations, probably win and lose situations, where he seemed tired or he seemed like he was you know, unable to complete a play. The hustle wasn't there. Something about it. And I think Tortorella um, – holds it out for him because he's critical that Hayes is clearly a better player than what he presents on the ice. And I think that was something that, uh, that we were talking about Larry uh, before that. And in a sense, I don't believe that Tortorella is actually irritated where he wants Hayes out of, uh, you know, of uh, Philadelphia, though it's a possibility that he's a trade piece. I think he, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Like he's challenged everybody else. He's has to challenge Hayes, uh, you know, a few more times than anybody else this year. Um, we've heard from Tortorella while all this is going on, that Hayes is not in the doghouse. And that's kind of the first word that I think of when you mentioned Kevin Hayes and John Tortorella's relationship, I think of the word doghouse, but, Tonight it seems a little bit more that he might be in the doghouse. Um, there's a developing, that's a developing, you know, story once again, if you will. But uh, I, I, I believe that there are times where I see Hayes and I'm like, wow, he's healthy. You know, he's he's contributing. I don't want to trade the guy, but at the same time, there are I do see what Tortorella is irritated with, and he's been benched before against San Jose. He was he was benched. Uh, tonight, like you said, in the uh, overtime, you know, he couldn't be relied on. And that's the highest paid forward that you have on the roster. So if the highest paid man on the roster cannot be relied on, yeah, maybe that's actually the driving home point that Tortorello feels. I, yeah, I, I feel there's, I hope I'm wrong. I feel there's something there. Um, I just, a game like tonight, game where, you know, you really want to get a win. Uh, to to make a statement like that and the bench, you know, your hires pay forward. Um, there's something there. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of frustrations with some of the giveaways. Like I'll be honest, um, I love Hazy. There's been some bad giveaways that have that that he's you know some turnovers um, that almost looked a little lackadaisical um, in some of the games. Um, I'm I've <laughs> we only time will tell, I guess. But I, I, I if I had to bet, I, I would bet that there's probably a little something there. I agree with you. I, I don't think um, – I think that's, I think the probability is decreasing by the day that, that Hayes is a flyer after the deadline. Um, what does that mean? Who do you call up? I mean, that will get interesting after that time. But, um, you know, 
it'll, it'll also be interesting, right? Without if you don't, if Hayes is moved at the deadline, you probably retain half of uh, the salary. I don't know. I don't know what the haul is offhand. I mean, I haven't really thought too deep about you know what the trade would be back or where I would trade him to because at the end of the day, like Drew, that's up to Hayes. But um, there. There, there, there's a lot. Listen, there's a lot of teams that are going to make a push in the playoffs that yeah. would probably love a Kevin Hayes, um, maybe a second line power play guy, just add a little bit more dynamic. Uh, kind of, you know, he's, he's still a playmaker. He's got great vision. Um, he can shoot the puck. Um, you know, there. It's not like uh, listen. It's not like he can't play. Or no, no one's saying true. that. So, yeah. So I mean, there, there's definitely value there. So you know, if Chuck feels like, hey, this is this is our time to strike. We feel like we can get a lot back for him. Um, we feel in the best interest of the Philadelphia Flyers to, to move him, um, then it's, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, again, this, this Flyers team, it's not for lack of effort. They're, they're playing hard, and they will go out there, and they'll drop the mitts with anyone. Um, but it's just as far as, like, listen, you want to win Stanley Cups, you got to go get superstars. I mean, bottom line, there's not a team, that, there's not a team that, doesn't, that wins Stanley Cup that doesn't have superstars. We have no superstars. We haven't had a superstar in a long time, with the exception of Claude Drew. But, I mean, I'm talking – like, where's the splashes? Where's the major, major splashes, right? I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm dying. I'm starving for, for a big-time free agent. Big-time, like – Larry is thirsty. I am. I, I'm sick of waiting, you know? It's like, let's go. And I, and I, and I hate to say this, but I think that maybe some guys that, that are those next-level superstars that are going to be free agents, they look at the Philadelphia Flyers. They see the way they're run. They see their corporate run. They're not, you know, there's not a one guy that owns a team that loves the team with all his heart. I mean, that, believe me, that 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 plays into decisions when these young guys or these superstars want to make career changing decisions and go sign with teams. You know, they see this team. I mean, there's a lot of little things. I mean, bu- budget cuts and all sorts of different things and the way the team is run. I mean, again, the, the Flyers are a corporate run team now. They're not the same Philadelphia Flyers team as they were in, in, historically. And if I'm a superstar. And there's all these other teams that are doing, you know, really amazing things with their with their program and um, and, and their entire organization. Um, I'm overlooking the Flyers. Let's go back you. to postseason and Chuck Fletcher because earlier this week he's saying that the Flyers are aiming for the playoffs. Do we think that by any stretch of the imagination with this team can the Flyers reach the playoffs? No. Yeah, I said the same thing. I tried to, you know, put myself on mute because I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep a straight face when he said we're five points at the time. He said that we're five points out of a wild card uh, berth. I just like kind of looked around this empty room and I was like, I, I know it. I'm the only one in this room that heard it, but I, I can't be the only one in Philadelphia offended by it. Like you want to go out of your way to see what this team is. The team is not a playoff team outright. The team doesn't have a foundation. When you hear Tortorella speak and when you hear Fletcher speak, it seems like they're on you know two opposite ends of the prism. I don't know. It it, it, that kind of statement from Fletcher makes me believe that he's on a that he's on such a hot seat that he's waiting for a hot guy to bail him out. I mean, we 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 talked about this last episode. I mean, what else is he going to say, right? Um, Do I think they're really really far? No, I really don't. Again, we've got an unbelievable goalie. I mean, we've, there's a lot of positives on this team. There's a lot of things to build on. Um, you know, adding the right – it's all – at this point, it's just making the right decisions moving forward, getting some pieces in um, that fits Tortorella's system. Uh, you've got to get some more playmakers in there. You've got to get guys that can score. Um, and if you can find those two, three, four 
uh, key pieces and maybe some of the young guys come up. Um, I don't think they're that far um, now as far as winning a Stanley Cup. Are they that far? They're that far. No, it's absolutely true. I And, you know, to Larry, what you would normally say is maybe this uh, team is a lot better when they're healthy. But, again, yep. I'm in my mind, with a healthy lineup, 100% healthy, I'm still not sure that this team's a playoff team. Like, sure. I, and, I, and I mean wild card berth, too. So, I, but they're, and, and I, I do believe they're closer to a wild card berth. I don't, I, I just, it's hard for me to sit here and say, you know, this Flyers team coming off of the second worst, you know, season in my lifetime, they might just make the playoffs. Like, it, it's to me, that sounds absolutely insane. But that's also what our GM in a nutshell said. So, yeah, I, delusional at, at its finest, in, in my opinion. I feel it's safe to say that this team is the type of team this year that, again, is going to be exciting to watch. They're going to play hard. Um, they, they're they going to probably be in a lot of games, you know, with the exception of a few, of course, but they're going to probably be in a lot of games. Um, they play that type of system. Um, but when it really, really matters, when you're playing the last 20 or 30 games of the season um, and teams really start bearing down and they start playing their best defensive style hockey, you know, I don't think that we have really overall the dynamic type of players that can really create enough opportunities to score to score goals when, when you need them most. I, I hope they prove me wrong. I want to talk a little bit about Jake Voracek and the things that he was saying earlier this week as well. He's contemplating the future of his NHL career after advisement from the doctor, concussions in the NHL. Do you guys think that they're treated properly? Concussions are a hot topic. Seeing what it's happened and what it's done with Jake's career, what are you thinking? Um, you know, it depends. I, maybe it depends on the sport and, you know, from sport to sport. Concussions, I, you know, there is a concussion protocol in the NHL. I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly how strict or what the loopholes are to maybe get someone back on the ice sooner rather than later. I don't know that there is a system to do so. Um, what I will say is I, as an outsider looking in, I'm under the impression that they treat uh, concussions pretty well in the, in the NHL level as far as maybe the NFL where, you know, they just kind of say rub some dirt on it and get back out there. And you probably don't know what your wife's name is. Um, kind of like Carson Wentz in a way, except he, you know, like it, there was a story when Carson Wentz got his concussion that at the time that Howie Roseman wanted him back on the field. I don't, I think that was, you know, blown up and not true at the end of the day, but it kind of does give you an idea of what that culture in the NFL is where it's like, you know, the, the tough guy culture where in the NHL, it's a tough game, you know, maybe even tougher than the NFL or maybe as tough. But I do think that concussions are treated relatively well. Now, maybe better um, on other teams than some. I would I would assume that there are, you know, better training staffs than what the Flyers had over the past few years. But as far as the rules and the guidelines of the protocol. My impression is that the NHL is handling them um, better than most. I don't know if they're, you know, doing it to the T and it's perfect, but I, I never had kind of any concern about the way that concussions are handled. It kind of just seemed that, you know, like Lawton had a few, but he's come back and he's, and it didn't really seem like there was a lot of hindrance. So if there's no hindrance, maybe the concussions are being dealt with uh, correctly. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've spoken to a lot of guys in the NHL about this exact topic. Um, 
And overwhelmingly, the answers I've gotten to my question uh, was usually yes. And my question was, had you gotten your concussions and known, you know, some of the negative effects it could have on your life and, you know, in the future of your life um, and could have made decisions to either play or not play at that time, uh, what decisions would you have made? Would you still have played? And the majority of them always say yes. Listen, hockey is a very violent game. It's a, it's a tough game. Um, they're paid very, very well to, to perform um, in, in a very physical sport in the NFL. Uh, concussions is – it's always going to be a part of any sport that's really physical, whether it be hockey or football or rugby. Um, you know, there's there's an ultimate sacrifice that guys – that guys sacrifice when it comes to wanting to play in some of the greatest leagues in the world and playing the game that they love. Taking a look now at the Flyers injury report, Tony D'Angelo initially listed as out due to an undisclosed injury. The Flyers placed him on a non-roster status due to personal reasons on December 15th. Tanner Lisinski, a lower body injury expected to be out until at least December 20th. Zach McEwen, undisclosed game time decision on December 15th, Ryan Ellis out for the season. Sean Couturier is expected to be out for three to four months recovering from back surgery. And Bobby Brink is on injury reserve with the hip injury. He's expected to be out until at least December 20th. Dan Carcillo is one guy that comes to mind. Um, you know, he's been, he's been very vocal about a lot of his issues with concussions and the game. Um, but, the majority of the guys that I spoke to, including on the Grant Carcillo issue, is that, listen, you knew what you were getting into. Like, don't say that you wouldn't have made the same decisions at the time. You're playing in the NHL. You're making a lot of money. Um, you were, you know, you were a famous guy. Um, again, it's a, probably a, a player-by-player, um, you know, on a player-by-player basis as far as an honest answer on the issue. It's a very, um, you know, it, it's a sensitive topic. Um, but look, I mean – you got guys that join the army that fight for your country that give their lives and their limbs and their limbs and stuff. You know, they know what they're getting into and uh, they get paid very, very well. And it's always going to be a part of the game unless they get rid of hitting and that's never going to happen. So, I mean, yeah, you nailed the example that I was going to use even to kind of, uh, to, to lean back to another reference, um, the Carcillo, there was a, there was a video, right. That came out a few years ago. I don't know how many years ago, but he was basically like discussing like how CTE and it was like a close up of Carcillo. It might've been like a player tribune type of deal. And, um, it, it was like a close up of Carcillo and he was talking about all the concussions and like, blah, blah, blah. But the way you just said it right there, if you had the opportunity, you know, would you pull yourself out? Would you go back in? And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of taking from that that he was a guy that said, "Let me go back in." But in that video, it's like, yeah, but you paid for it. Like we're watching you discuss how right now that you know you you wake up and you can hardly walk and you have yeah. migraines daily. And I mean, yeah, like to to me, is the league making the protocol to say like, hey, like you should probably handle this? Yes, but it, you're right. It does kind of come down to the player. Yeah, and players I mean, don't want to play. Yeah, I mean, Carbomb was also a guy that, like, Carcelo was also a guy that, you know, he would sit in the pocket when he would fight, and he would just sit in the pocket and throw. I mean, that's just the type of player he was. Um, that's what got him paid. But, again, there's guys that fight. There's there's a lot of guys that fight out there and, and, and clutch and grab and chuck. And um, he was a guy that stood in the pocket and took a lot of big shots. So, I mean, you know, he that's kind of his style, too. Um, you know, I know Dan – and uh, I, a lot of my friends are good friends with him. And, uh, you know, he's 
he's obviously very vocal about the about the topic. But again, like he was a player that knew what he was doing. Uh, he knew the, the style he was playing. And again, it's a it's a violent physical game. Um, and I I I bet you there's I don't know what the percentage will be, but I guarantee it would be very lopsided if you ask guys, hey, knowing that you could get serious concussions with long term effects, or you cannot play in the NHL, which would you would what do you want to do? I guarantee most of them will say I want to play in the NHL. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of something you see with athletes anyway. You know, you have one body and they're ready to turn it in and waste it. That's why they, I because mean, that's their livelihood. That's, that's, uh, totally. I mean it's we all know we all know these are these sports, these athletes are they go they go through a lot and they, they take a beating. Um you know, it's not all about money. Obviously, your health is the most important thing, but they're also paid very, very handsomely, and um, that's that's part of the business. Guys, we have four games before Christmas coming up, two home, two on the road, the Rangers at home, and the Blue Jackets at home on the road against the Maple Leafs and the Hurricanes. Of four, how many does this team win? <sighs> I think I, I want to give up on trying to guess because I'm always wrong. <laughs> um, that Rangers game – that Rangers game, they better win. I, I, I want to see them win that, that game, coming off a win tonight. Um, that's a game against a bitter rival that I expect them to bring their A game again, uh, play really, really hard. Um, and that Blue, Jack, that Blue Jackets team also is a game I really, really want the Flyers right. to get a W. Um, that, that's a game I do have circled on my calendar here. Um, I if, if they can go – if they can go 2-0 in these next – in the, in the next two games, um, obviously Maple Leafs, Toronto's playing unbelievable, and, and the Hurricanes are a good team. Um, these next two games are winnable, um, and I expect them to win those games. They're crucial games if they want to continue to at least try to, you know, keep momentum up and, and keep morale up. Because if That's they lose, the, if they lose, if they lose one or two of those games, and then you got to go, to, and then you got to go to Toronto and then down to Carolina. I mean, that's not going to be fun. I mean, so. I... Uh, before they get they before they get on the road, so these two games at home back to back, I don't I'm not sure if uh, you know they earned the victory against the Rangers. In the same sense that you know I cannot be sure about the Blue Blue Jacks because the Blue Jacks or Blue Jackets. I'm sorry, I'm saying Blue Jacks. It's late night. Um, yeah, the Blue Jackets are a team that uh, they've been hurt. They've lost defenders and and a lot of and God, I mean talented ones mid game oh, and yeah. they've had to shorten the bench twice against Philadelphia. They've earned two victories with a shortened bench, not by you know, sending a message by injury. I want so, that win. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, it's like, all right, watching this flyers team on this road trip and how hard they've played. I think they can get, they, they can get that home victory. I think that victory at home, if it happens is the more important out of the two, because that's propelling you into a road trip. Um, so, like, yeah, over the next four games, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, two out of the four. Um, I my, I think my second would actually be uh, Carol, Carolina. And I know that they're a stellar team, but there's something about Flyers playing stellar teams closely right now. Where they're playing up. They're playing, uh, you know, out of their league in, in, in a lot of ways. But a lot of that has to do with Carter Hart. So, who's between the pipes? That's a lot. That's, that's a, now a question when you're talking about, hey – Flyers money line, right? Who's the starter? That's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. In the same yeah, I mean, in, in, in the same stretch, if you start uh, Sandstrom because you know in the next four games you see that Columbus might be the easier of the four teams. I, I 
come on, man, let's get Sandrum another win. Like one win out of how many games he started, and they're and they're few and far between. But the guy's a better goaltender than what his stat line shows. Yeah, no, totally, he is. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Flyers Nation Show. Be sure to rate, subscribe, follow us on all of your podcast platforms and on YouTube. We'll catch you next time.